Welcome to What the If? Dirty Dishes Edition. Did something weird just happen to the music again? Like mm, sounds okay to me. No, maybe. So rare for it to be working. That seems odd. Um, what the, if anything could happen today? Uh, rookie move. I uh, started the dishwasher this morning, uh, you know, too close to airtime. And so, oh, I think it just stopped. I tried to turn it off. The robots rebelled. It then said, well, it needed to beep a lot because, hey, you turned me off. You know, you stopped mm -hmm. me and I was working. And so the singularity yeah, don't, has arrived. Don't disrespect the dishwasher. No, <laughs> do not. Um, Matt, you, you, you have a dishwasher in your apartment. I do indeed. I'm assuming. Yes. It is not common in New York. Uh, that is correct. Uh, it is a rare luxury. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Just pro tip for those of you around the world. If you sometimes we, we you know, as we say, it's New York uh, or Brooklyn in particular, nice place to visit. Now go home. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, don't get out. Get, yeah. So there's no dishwashers here. And in fact, garbage disposals, a uh, little mm. grindy thing in your sink, m even more rare. Um, uh, yes, that would be very hard to find. Yeah. 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 That could be a what if. Um, today, as you can tell, today is a kind of a mundane, a mundane day. We're bringing it down. We've been, we've been with UFOs a lot. We, uh, you know, mm -hmm. we've really been out there. Um, by the way, I want to thank everyone who's, uh, um, told me that how much they enjoyed the, uh, Avi Loeb episode, our previous one. Uh, if you haven't heard it, go check it out on uh, whattheif.com or just right there on your podcast app. Scroll back to the previous episode. Um, a lot of fun. Super funny guy. Um, but uh, he does serious work and he is mm -hmm. a serious guy taking on UFOs. So very interesting. Check it out. No matter where you fall on the spectrum, you will enjoy that yeah, show. It's worth it. Yeah. And by spectrum, I mean from human to alien. So, you know, whichever you are. Um, and of course, right there on the website, lots of other stuff. Go check it out. And um, send in your ideas. And in fact, today, um, this week, uh, we do have an idea from mm -hmm. a, a, a listener. Um, before we get to that, let's tell people who who is this, this holy triumvirate of knowledge uh, that they have stumbled upon. Uh, Gabby, uh, you are a virologist at Rockefeller University. Yeah, I am a grad student studying West Nile virus and general purpose nerd. <laughs> <laughs> You're studying general purpose? I like general get, purpose. Get nerd. me a nerd, a specialized <laughs> one. No, no, general purpose is fine. Like the marine biologist. Some guy in like a hat and a trench coat comes into the back of my lab. I'm like, I'm looking for a nerd. <laughs> I get recruited to a top secret uh, project. <laughs> I think that actually is. Yeah, that sounds works. right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt, how about you? Are you a general purpose nerd or are you, I, I feel like you have a little special. Well, some, that's a good some... question. I probably am a pretty specialized nerd. Um, yeah. Somewhere in the Venn diagram of uh, astrophysics and Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Also, you have a very particular set of skills. Um, yes, not, not Liam Neeson style special <laughs> skills. Right, right. Um, but yes. But I you are a master of the martial arts. Uh, uh, in, in some sense, yes. That's right. Certain ones, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sensei. And an excellent dishwasher, I should say. Ooh, wow. Now that's good. I, I believe... You know, the, the wax on, it. wax off, I think, applies very much to both karate and <laughs> dishwashing. <so>. dishwashing. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's pretty good. You know, that might make dishwashing more fun, although mm. you might break a few. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I guess in karate, really, the true mastery is that you can do things without breaking them if you wanted to. Uh, one hopes, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and you're a historian. Of oh, yes, that's right. My actual job is that I am a historian of science. Yeah. Yes, historian of science mm -hmm. and a professor at New York University. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a documentary filmmaker, Philip Shane. And uh, if you're curious, some people ask sometimes, if you, go, if you want to know what my documentaries are, if you go to philipshane.com, that's Philip mm -hmm. with one L. That's all my parents could afford. And Shane, S-H-A-N-E, like the cowboy, a joke which only a certain generation of you will probably appreciate. Uh, yeah, that's probably right. Mm -hmm. uh, dot com. Check it out. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Our if today comes from um, Ed of 
Brooklyn, New York, a fine place to live. Uh, he did stay, but it's okay. We welcome him. We welcome. He's a good guy. And um, Ed, uh, it, by the way, listens to the show, says he loves the show. He's listened to a lot of it. So shout out to you, Ed, and, uh, and to everyone listening. If you've been listening a long time and you've not written in to say, hey, just say, hey, just email us feedback at whattheif.com. Or go to the website, and right there you can write to us. If you can send in an if, if you've got an idea for a show, but uh, just let us know who you are. It's great to know. We'll give you a shout out. Um, we also do requests. You know, if there's somebody you want to say birthday to, whatever we can do, like you know, like Wolfman Jack. You know, song requests. Yeah, song requests. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we totally would do song requests. Here's here's mine. <laughs> Always happy to play that. Always yeah, happy to right. hit the, the country. Um, and uh, Ed. Uh, 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 loves cycling. I almost said biking, but I believe the term is cycling. Biking kind of, I feel like maybe more refers to being on a motorcycle. I think that is right. Yeah, We would say in the U.S. So cycling, he loves the pedal, human-powered bicycle. And he bikes all over New York, which is an impressive thing to do, mm-hmm. by the way. It takes a certain fearless attitude to, to do that. Um, and... Uh, he says uh, his kind of fantasy, and he says, "What the if?" Um, and and our what the ifs can be utopian, but they can tur- uh, they could turn dystopian. So just stay tuned. See. Let's see how this one goes. And Ed asks, "What the if?" There were no cars, only bikes, only bicycles. And as we do it, what the if, we're going to, boom, kick it up a notch. Bam! Like, it was mm-hmm. like an emerald. Emerald. Chef. So bam, mm-hmm. put some spice in it. How do we translate this a little bit to an if? Um, and that would be to, here's, here's where I've pushed this. What if there were no... I'm not sure I'm phrasing this properly. Maybe, Matt, you can help me. But my idea was like, what if there were no, uh, like the capability of cars didn't exist? Mm-hmm. We just didn't have, we don't have internal combustion engines. Yeah. We don't have, um, we can, now we always have, at, at the beginning of an if, we have to define our terms. Right. So um, what do we, what do we think? Are there no internal combustion engines? Are, is the, I was thinking pre-industrial, technology is all we had but well, we still let's, let's wanted just, to do let's just what we say do. no in, internal combustion engines so that way okay. we still have other important machinery and tools okay um, i like it so we can still run um you know giant steam engines in factories or something and that's fine okay uh, we just can't strap them to a car right weren't there steam powered cars there were um they're slow and heavy um uh-huh. but um uh, yeah, there were. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> that's kind of, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. It's a steam powered world. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's um, fine. And then, so if we want bicycles, that's cool. I think essentially what we're looking for is, is human powered transportation. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even though bicycles are not run by internal combustion engines, they're still a pretty sophisticated piece of technology. Right. There's a reason they don't appear until the late 19th century. Um, okay. So the, you know, like the gear train is a sophisticated piece of uh, machining. Um, that always impresses me because I have friends who bike, you know, religiously. It's New York City. Uh, uh, it's actually a very fast way to get around. And when they're talking about fixing these things or, you know, what they just got put in, it surprises me because, you know, when you see one absolutely blaze past you, you're just thinking two wheels, handlebars, dude sitting on it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, they're actually quite complicated. Um, so you need a pretty high level of, of tech to to make them in the first place. Uh, so we can't just be pre-industrial. That would be my my point. There. Oh, I see. Wait, we have to, it, for instance, at the very least, be able to manufacture gears, yeah. which requires making steel or... Well, yeah, that's right. And particularly high quality steel that you can machine closely. Um, you know, a chain is a, a, a hard piece of, of machinery to make. Um, oh, I like this. This is, I love... Like sort of tweaking the the if the experiment mm-hmm. the thought experiment, um, and because you learn little things like this, like 
in, in other words, if the question is, if there were only bikes and no cars, then that means that, well, at the very least, you do have all the technologies involved in making a bike. You can't get away with it. You got to, you know, if yeah. you want the bike, you got to have these other things. Mm -hmm. So we know that metallurgy is a thing. Yes, at the right. very least, yeah. sophisticated right. metallurgy. Um, right, and that's uh, and that's good. Right, so we can yeah. go run with that. It's very. I never really thought about this. Like in my mind, a bicycle is just like super. I think maybe like Gabby was saying, I don't even think about it. I was like, ah, it's a super basic thing. Mm -hmm. I did not think of it as a technological thing, and never occurred to me that, yeah, wow, you don't see bikes earlier than yeah there's no medieval bikes right no medieval yeah. bikes and there's yeah. Yeah, that's there's a reason for that right yeah. i'd love um, to watch people joust on bikes sorry that's a dumb <laughs> thought but i oh that there's someone's got to do that also there's gotta be a place. Scene, i'm sure yeah I, yeah so what are we defining as bike in the strictest yeah. sense of just two yeah, wheels in line with each other or mm -hmm. do we get into like tricycle territory well that's uh, a good question because there's nothing special special about the buy in bike right, right. i mean i think right. the uh, so it seems like tricycles or quadricles <laughs> which <laughs> should be fine um because i think what we're what we're interested in is human powered small scale transport right um so the so the reason we usually do why bikes are more fun than than trikes or quads is just that they're smaller and lighter um so they can go faster with less effort um but if you want a more leisurely experience no reason you can't do a trike yeah yeah um and by the way in my uh, uh my grandmother's uh, retirement community there were lots of giant adult-sized tricycles the people rode around so i can't say it looked that cool but then again i wasn't seeing it the right perspective you know yeah that's probably right if i was one of them i'd be like yeah i'm not falling off which is important right. um so uh in so the, I, in the, 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 I was just gonna say the internal combustion engine i'm not exactly sure where when we take that out mm -hmm. what are we um removing like what so we take that out what else, what happens to the world now we right that. so you know the the benefits of the internal combustion engine were uh were multifold i guess so one would be power right you can move a bigger vehicle and that also means you can move a vehicle faster um but then also range um so you know you can have an internal combustion engine that runs uh, if it's running on gasoline or some similar petroleum product, it can go hundreds of miles. Uh, and that's an extraordinary thing to be able to do. Um, it's very hard. And then you can go hundreds of miles carrying goods, right? Something you want to transport uh, a long way. I think um, we, should, we yeah. should even start by saying what is, for those who don't know, what what is internal combustion engine? Oh, so what you think of as um, the engine in your car is an internal combustion engine. Um, the internal part refers to the fact that the um, the burning of the fuel happens in the uh, happens in the same part of the engine where the compression and expansion occurs. And that's different than um, a steam engine where it's separate. Um, Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, but that's more probably more details than we need to, to worry about. Um, right, <laughs> the, right. the thing to think about is that it's um, it's extremely compact in comparative terms. Right. Um, right. You know, it's the if you think of the the size of the hood of a car, um, that's how how small an engine you can get uh, that is powerful enough to go for hundreds of miles. So that's an amazing right. thing. Right. And why would the steam engine? Why were those so huge? Um so you can build a smaller steam engine. Um, so you can build a steam engine actually that fits on your desk, um, <clears throat> but you get much less power for each of them. So a steam engine the size of a internal combustion engine in a car would not give you enough power to go anywhere very fast. Um, so it's a question of scale, I guess. Yeah, interesting. Well, I guess that's why we see it in, it was okay in trains. Exactly right. Yeah. So, Something big. you know, it's a, a reasonable size steam engine weighs many tons. So there's no point in trying to strap it to your car that weighs uh, 500 pounds, right? The engine weighs more right, than the, right. the car. And basically a tea kettle or, you know, if you put water on a tea kettle, put it on a stove, 
and boil the water and steam comes out super mm -hmm. fast and hot. That's a steam, or the first part of a steam engine anyway. I guess it would become yep. an engine Perfect. if you then, and then the let trick that is steam to, turn something. Yeah, and the Greeks actually had steam engines of that sort. Really? Um, yeah, that were just sort of um, fancy tea kettles that would move. Uh, actually, so there were like temples to the gods in which there were little um, mechanized versions of the gods um, that would be run by these super primitive steam engines. Um, so like you put in an offering and then you know, Zeus would raise his hand kind of thing. Well, this, this is already worth the price of admission to the show. <laughs> I, I love that it's a prime example, too, of humanity has stared really cool inventions in the face a bunch of times and then mm -hmm. not like, realized, yeah, like, industrial applications of this thing. Because, you know, could you imagine if the Industrial Revolution took place in ancient Greece, ancient Rome? Right. We'd be mm -hmm. looking at an entirely different planet, probably. Yeah, that's right. That's a good Yeah, so there's a long, a long history of uh, particularly robot type thing. So if anyone wants to know about this, a friend of mine, um, E.R. Truitt, T-R-U-I-T-T, -T, wrote a book called Medieval Robots um, huh. that looks into all of this. So if anybody wants to go take a peek. That's wild. So they knew somebody there who built that in the temple knew they were kind of fooling people. Uh, well, that's part of the important theme of the book is exactly how people thought about these machines. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So we can we can have Ellie on sometime if we want. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I've just I've got to get one of these steam boys. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so and and then again, just internal combustion engine here. I I feel like this is yeah. like a super basic explanation. Is that basically you can imagine a um, a cylinder, you know, just a metal cylinder. And you at one end inject some um, some gas, mm -hmm. ga gasoline or a mist of, of gas. You squirt it in there and then you light a spark and inside the cylinder, it blows up. And that would be the end of it. That would be like, it's basically like a little firecracker or something if you did nothing else. Mm -hmm. But if you put a um, um, another piece of metal in the other end, when that blows up, it'll push the metal out. Right. And that's the piston that can then turn. Yeah. And then we capture gear. that motion and turn it into something useful. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. And when you hear six cylinder, eight cylinders, basically that's how many. I worked at Sears Automotive. So shout out to oh. Sears Automotive. I don't even know. Well, Sears doesn't exist anymore, right? So I guess Sears Automotive doesn't. Yeah. Um, therefore, I can tell you don't bring your car to Sears now and, that, and you're safe from that <laughs> anyway. But it was a horrible <laughs> So shout out to my friends who I worked with at Sears. We all know that. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so the nifty thing about internal combustion yeah. engines, like I said, is, um, is that they're compact enough for sort of one person to get a powerful engine that they can mm -hmm. then use to get from from place to place, right? So, um, you know, people we can people like to blame you know the suburbs on the internal combustion engine um, because oh, unless yeah. unless commuting is easy um, it doesn't make any sense to build a town a significant distance from the city where all the exciting things are happening right um, so uh, so you so no Levitt town right in that mm -hmm. sense what we think of a sort of 50s America so suburbanization is a, a widespread thing um, we're right. not going to have right um, but the bicycle itself, which I should say appears about the same time as the internal combustion engine, um, is, is seen as a somewhat controversial technology for kind of the same reason, because it means individual people, specifically women, could just go wherever they wanted. No, that's whenever that's they acceptable. wanted. Right. So in, in horse and carriage, girls bikes. Right? Uh, in horse and carriage days, kind of by definition, you had to have somebody else with you, you know, kind of driving the carriage. Um, but if a woman um, could just get on a bicycle and ride, who knows where she would go or what she would do? Wait, now this was a real thing. Oh, yeah. Like a, re a real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, and, and this was recognized kind of on both sides. That is, women saw the bicycle as an emancipatory technology, wow. and men were worried about that, <laughs> too. 
It's hard to go somewhere inconspicuously on a bike, though. Uh, yep, that's right. But that doesn't, that's not the issue, right? As, as Gabby said, the bike zooms by, then what can you do? Right. That's, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Is that why they put that click, click sound in there? Maybe to just no, that was just, for, that was just for fun. That's just for fun. Um, uh, Gabby, how do you react to that? I mean, as someone who hasn't been currently emancipated by the bicycle, I find it interesting. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, no, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and just kind of thinking like you can go pretty fast and pretty far on a bicycle. Um, so if we're looking at a society that now really only has bikes to get around, you can't, you know, just take a jaunt like I do once a month down to D.C. in like mm -hmm. five hours. Um, yeah. But you can still get around an area the size of Manhattan perfectly fine. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. I guess it really kind of you know pre bicycle even, um, uh, and saying that well the horses were, were just wasn't like super super common. Um, that's why cities were small or you know compact. And and in fact, um, if you're interested in just like the history of urbanization, for instance, there's a, a great documentary uh, by a colleague of mine um, called Urbanized uh, by Gary Hustwit. He also made the movie uh, Helvetica. Um, which is a great one uh, about the font Helvetica, but anyway, urbanized. And he talks about this and he even goes into this, you know, he finds places where bikes, for instance, in Europe, particularly, I believe like in the Netherlands, uh, possibly Denmark and stuff, you know, where the bike is super popular and the cities are really built to really accommodate bikes. Well, mm -hmm. I guess in, in Asia, you see that too, right? A lot yeah. of places, um, China in particular. So, um, and that makes for a nice compact environment and if you kind of like that kind of thing then mm -hmm. that's good um but yeah, right. it's, it puts us in between walking and it's faster than walking so mm -hmm. it allows for something a little bit bigger a little right. bit bigger space um and as you say the impact on urban planning would be significant so yeah. there's no reason to have streets of the sort we have today which are designed to have two cars passing each other um instead we need two bikes passing each other so the density of a city can be dramatically increased. Um, we don't need to have highways of the sort we have, right? Robert Moses would never have a reason to come in and level whole neighborhoods. Right. Um, I was thinking about how this would affect sort of like cross country, like my, my thought was like shipping mm -hmm. um, because, yes. you know, yes. Yes. the city thrives off of bike couriers. And you see these guys pulling what look like actually fairly heavy, uh, like kind of containers, crates sort of behind their bikes. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like from quick Googling, like something like 300 pounds that you can effectively pull wow. on a bicycle. Yeah. And some people have apparently gotten more by like making trains of those things. Although I don't know <laughs> mm -hmm. awesome. the point at which as a cyclist, you cannot physically pull anymore. Maybe that just depends on the bike. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned that because that really is, at least I noticed that, that is like a post-COVID thing. Like yeah. suddenly mm -hmm. bikes needed to bring more Carrying stuff. Or, things. Yeah. But I should say that's different, as, as we just alluded to, different in different parts of the world, right? So uh -huh. if you go to, um, say, Southeast Asia or parts of Africa, um, the bicycle is a cargo transport device, not just a personal transport device. Right. Right. Um, so yeah you see so, like right? i guess i've seen pictures you see almost like a bike it looks like a bike up front but a little bit like a truck in the back yeah exactly right um and that if we've got small streets in a more intensely urbanized environment then that's how goods are going to get transferred to your local bodega right um yeah. and as you say we're seeing some of that now in in the, in the post-covid world too that we're getting used to that smaller scale transportation um yeah on the large scale though no uh, no trucking for moving things around the country is going to be an enormous impact, right? So goodbye, Walmart. Uh, wow. Yeah. And then thinking like our food in like production in, especially in the U S is very decentralized where mm -hmm. the vast majority of our food does not come from very close by where we live, especially in around New York. I mean, though there are local farms, we don't tend to, it's not so much tied directly to the land that's most adjacent to us. Um, okay. So it would definitely change the way that we eat. Um, and just simple things like that. The products that we're able mm -hmm. to get will probably have to inherently become more seasonal or goods that are, you know, 
bicycled from other places. I was going to say yeah. shipped, uh, but we haven't touched <laughs> ships yet. Oh, no, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. In fact, one, one little tweak I think I'm going to make to this if too is that for some reason there are no horses. There were no domestic, we didn't do domesticated animals because that would, would that make a huge difference? Matt is like, is, I guess a horse is considered. Yeah. I mean, essentially horses. the internal combustion engine replaced the horse. Um, right. Right. Uh, and horses are, are still used widely around the world right up until the 1940s. Actually, mm. I mean, we think of them as disappearing right away, but uh -huh. like even during World War II, the German army relied more on horses than they did on trucks and cars. Mm -hmm. Real in yeah. World War II. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, and particularly, it's kind of funny that the Germans, who are sort of famous for, you know, mechanized warfare and such. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had millions of horses that they needed. Wow. That's Thinking, awesome. though, of the way that we use horses, meaning that you could yoke multiple of them together, essentially to increase your horsepower. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> ha, joke made. Um, so I figure we would probably start doing something like that yes. with, with bicycles. So, yeah, cool. I mean, even if we can't go as far, maybe you get like a team, like almost like, um, like rowing, you get mm -hmm. like a team of like cyclists who are somehow yoked to the same, I don't yeah. know, sex tuplical <laughs> device. I don't know how many wheels you're going to start needing. Uh, and could you could probably start pulling more stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining like Ben-Hur for some reason at the beginning, but instead of the horses, it's like, you know, three gladiators. Mm -hmm. on bicycles driving yeah, the one cool guy awesome. around in the chair. Um, yeah, that would be an interesting way to uh, move big loads from place to place. I mean, that's still not going to get your corn from Iowa to New York. Um, nope. But uh, uh, in terms of moderately heavy things, that's a good plan. Well, you could you could help out a bit with a relay system. Because obviously you're not going to have three the same three dudes trucking things from like Iowa to, you know, New York. Yeah. But if you've got every X amount of miles, like they swap out, I, I feel like it would definitely change a lot of things. But maybe the uh, the trucking, the air quotes trucking industry is uh, going to get a little bit more extreme and a little bit more um, old school relay message system based. This is a, this is exactly where I was very excited to get in this in, in this experiment is this place where we we are we still achieve or desire to achieve the level of whatever you, industrialization, whatever we call it now without the combustion engine. But like, you know, we still move things as far as we do. We build things as high as we do. Um, so yeah, I think this is, I'm kind of amazed. I've not seen such a thing, which doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I'm sure if we Google it, whatever, we might find someone doing this as a stunt or something. Mm -hmm. This does not seem to have been a common thing for all, all the horrible things people have done to subservient people. <laughs> they have not been uh, lassoed together in the way uh, dogs are in the dog run or horses might be in the horse and buggy. Um, well, I should say, you know, way back, <laughs> like like Neolithic yeah. times, um, that was an important skill, actually. It was sort of coordinating people to That's true. Uh, pull, yeah. you know, like a monolith or a large rock or something like that. Right. Um, right. So like obviously, building the pyramids and things. Yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so, I, haven't, I haven't seen it with bicycles. No. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, but, people. As kind of like a, a sort of a side, I feel the need to mention that, like, you know, it seems unfathomable that we could maintain some level of, you know, our complex society without, uh, but without combustion engines. But the Inca had like the largest society in like pre-Columbian Americas, but with no wheels whatsoever. Their entire system was based <laughs> off walking. So yeah. like you mm -hmm. can't, it, it's hard for us to imagine, oh, a world without cars, but they had an entire empire based exclusively off walking and llamas. Mm -hmm. So, and, and elaborate roadways and paths. So yeah, I, I think, I, it's, yeah, that's I think if you're willing to build gigantic pyramids that loom over the entire city, and on a daily basis, you rip out the hearts of people and throw them down the steps. Yeah, that's the Aztecs. Um, you can get people to do anything. Yeah, that's the Aztecs. Oh, the Aztecs. I'm sorry, Incas. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I just slandered the Incas. Mm -hmm. Oh, so the Incas they were they were cool. They were oh, totally cool people. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, the the occasional cool. massacre and such. But and did the Aztecs have wheels? Uh, you know, I do not know. Animals? Actually, that's a good question. I would have to. They had circular objects anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and not to say the Incas didn't know uh, 
what wheels were. So like they were on children's toys and stuff like that. Um, huh, but it, it was more of an adaptation of the fact that their region was so mountainous, you couldn't really use wheels. Yeah, the wheels aren't so um, awesome. So I, I don't think the Aztecs really had them for, for transportation because um, it just it wasn't practical for the way that they lived. Right. Oh, no, okay. So that, that brings up a really interesting thing, which I've also been very curious about exploring. And that is gears, the gearing. So you talk about mountainous, right? And anyone who rides a bike knows that if you're, if you are going up hills, um, you know, having multiple gears, like being able to shift down to first gear, uh, for instance, is very helpful. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's the only way sometimes to get up a hill and, and so forth. So using that gearing technology could, um, uh, for instance, could you build the empire state building? Um, Let's see here. Could it be like, you would have like it would all be done with pulley power and counterweights and I mean you probably could if you were patient enough. Um yeah. that's uh you know, we'd have to do some back of the envelope calculations to see how long it would take a human powered pulley to lift, say, a girder um a hundred right. stories up. Right. So um, that's the thing with yeah. these gears is that that first gear, the one that makes it able for you to lift something much, much, much bigger than yourself, for instance, moves it incredibly slowly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. But if you're willing to wait, you can do that. Right. And this is, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it takes, it, it takes a generation to build the Great Pyramid um, because oh. they were patient for that sort of thing. Um, and yeah. if you're doing everything human powered, that is, uh, uh, that is a thing you have to accept. Yeah. yeah. I got to say, the, the amount of rentable office space inside the Great Pyramid is terrible. Terrible. <laughs> the Egyptians are really missing out on an opportunity there. Yeah. Yeah. They put one guy, I guess, and yeah. some of his stuff in there. That's like, the if you imagine the entire Empire State Building built for the one corner office. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. The one, it's crazy. Um, so, uh, trucking, shipping, shipping. Gabby mentioned the ship. Mm -hmm. Can we, how do we transfer bikes? So we're talking now about paddle, paddle bikes, paddle, not paddle bikes, paddle boats. Um, well, presumably we can still have sails, right? Which makes a big difference. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So I, I guess too. So, I mean, I'm thinking, we said at the beginning, bike is kind of a loose term. We're just talking about something pedalable. Mm -hmm. um, but so that kind of makes me think of like, okay, well, if you are still trying to get things around, would we eventually still invent systems like trains where it's a rail? Because wouldn't a rail be kind of easier than necessarily like a wheel? Like if you can make a set track and essentially you're just using yeah. the human motor force to pull the things still down the track. Yes. Some of the best videos mm -hmm. on YouTube. And if you've never watched these, start watching them. And then YouTube will just continue to shovel them your way and you'll be addicted like I am to these things, they're called uh, rail biking. Have you seen this? For some reason, it always seems to be senior citizens. Go figure, I don't know, okay. yeah. just, just the videos I'm getting. But like, yeah, you can, there are people who you, this is amazing, this is a real thing. Um, people go to abandoned uh, rail lines and uh, abandoned tracks and uh, bring their bikes and they, they attach like a, um, they basically build like a, it's like an outrigger or something. So they, they put their bike, they create little wheels, uh, little metal wheels that they attach to the regular wheels of the bike. So you basically can ride the, you can pedal along on the rail, a single rail by using these other little wheels that fit the track better. And then um, you put, take a bar, a very long bar that you attach to the bike and it reaches out, let's say to the other rail let's say you're on the right side rail, reaches out to the left side rail and you put a little wheel on that. That's unpowered, but it just, it basically just, you don't have to balance on this mm -hmm. rail. Sure. And they pedal along and they go, and they discover all kinds of the, yeah, here's the old like trestle. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh. There's, and they can go on like, the, the rail is barely there anymore. It's overgrown and, or it goes through the desert, it's all kinds of cool stuff like that. So you can, you can definitely do that. So, what does the, um, let's say uh, we've now got a passenger service, uh, let's say between New York and Philly um, on a, tr a, a human powered 
rail train. Um, Matt, how many people do we think are uh, required to pedal? Um, well, it's basically one per person, right? I mean, that's kind of the way the bicycle is structured. I guess if we imagine um, putting I mean, they're of, pulling, they're pulling the train is what I guess. But yeah, the passenger should pedal. Yeah, but uh, um, that's not what I paid for. That's not what you paid for. Yeah, so maybe one one person can haul two people. In, okay, I think so. Based on the cars. bike carriages in the city, yeah. you see yeah, regularly see one person. Yeah. yeah. Which is always a little terrifying to me. Like, I, I feel like a little, like, I, I never want to take one because I feel like that's so weird. Like, you're just telling this dude, take me yes. to a place mm-hmm. and it's not yeah. a taxi. It's, it's always struck me as a very strange exchange. It's so, it's such vivid serfdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Um, yeah, so we need, I say, if we're really going to try to replace our internal combustion infrastructure with people, yes. you need a lot of people to do that. Right. Um, so yeah, I think serfdom is, um, is in the offing here, uh, if we want to do that. Right. The economic, um, impact of this is certainly would have to be. Well, we would have, as, as Gabby said, we'd have a decentralized economy. Um, so it would be really different. I don't know if it would necessarily be less, um, Uh no, no Walmart or big box stores, uh, but instead local you know, workshops and people's basements and things, making stuff right. and moving stuff around. So this train, is this Amtrak train, is barreling along at five miles an hour, maybe fifteen. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they can maybe get up to twenty. Uh, what you see are uh, at the so let's say it has a hundred passengers. You see fifty guys, fifty people pedaling. Uh, pulling a car right and so how would you now here's the interesting technological thing or just sort of engineering situation how would these guys be arranged how do you you know it's they're going down a rail so um would, or i guess they'd all be in in, in ver, uh, uh, like a one line of 50 people or maybe yeah, you probably don't have a whole lot of options other than just lining people up um, I suppose you could stack them. Actually, if you had a good, enough, if you had a good <laughs> yes. enough gearing now, see, system. Now you're talking. I don't. Yeah, it's a cube not, of cyclists. Yeah, not obvious to me why you couldn't do that. Um, right. This is the thing. We're building machines out of people. So it's a little matrixy. It's like, it's mm-hmm. like pre-industrial matrix, right? So I love this idea. So you could build a, a stack of people. Um, like it could be, you know, five or six people high, and then as long as you need it, it just makes it a little bit more compressed. Um, and does it does it make a difference where, what arrangement the people are in as far as the pulling power? I mean, you can. I, I'm sure there are more and less efficient gearing systems. It's not something I'm I'm familiar with. Right. Um, uh, yeah, so somebody would have to. So actually, I should say those sorts of gearing systems would probably be developed to a pretty high um, level of skill and sophistication. Um, yeah. Because if you can make a 1% increase in gearing efficiency, then that really matters when um, yeah. your, your vehicle yeah. is being powered by Twinkies, essentially. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Now, um, Gabby, in your, in your lab, Everything's human powered now. What is it? What happens there? Oh boy, the centrifuges are going to be real fun. Because um, <laughs> I mean, it would be like I mean, sometimes you have to centrifuge stuff for a while to get down like what you need. Like I centrifuge uh, to get DNA pellets. I centrifuge for like fifteen minutes at uh, fifteen thousand G, um, which is you know, G- wait, fifty thousand type of the- fifteen thousand. Times the force of gravity? That's a lot. Yes. Yes. And I do it in a tiny little desktop centrifuge that's like, I don't know, maybe the size of a lunchbox, maybe a little bigger. Um, And now it has to be hooked up to some sort of pedal thing, and I have to just go, (laughs) Um, which is, I think, a little bit more than I'm usually willing to do in the lab. Like, Mm -hmm. I I would probably have to afterwards go into the cold room and just, like, you know, be sweaty for a bit. Actually, wait, no, would the cold room have to be foot-powered, too? Well, (laughs) I should say... um, Yeah, it's uh refrigerator is going to be hard to come by too. So we've got like some permanent dude who's just like on the bike 
chilling all of our refrigerators. That's probably right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great jobs program. I'm not saying it's a quality job program, like, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it employs people. Um, uh, how about planes? Um, well, that kind so early planes, like biplanes um, type things, do run on internal combustion engines, the same sort of, that we get in cars. So those are probably forbidden. Um, whether we're allowing jet turbines is um, is another question, I guess. So if 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 so, then we can uh, we can jump ahead to those. So we'll yes. go. We'll have to go right to seven forty sevens, as it were. Yeah. Um, but I suspect whatever um, alien influence has prevented the internal combustion engine <laughs> would probably also prevent airline uh, aircraft engines. Yeah. Right. But given the right size and the right amount of people, it's possible. Oh, but boy, you wouldn't get very far. Those people would have to really keep going. Like, yeah, I'm actually not sure that a human could generate um, enough power to get significant lift for a significant period of time. Right. You also you also don't have energy storage, so if any of your guys flake out at any point because they got a cramp, uh, you are all screwed. <laughs> well, I just love my image suddenly of the cap of the pilot of this plane is not in, like our regular pilot. It goes back to like yeah, you're talking about crew or you know rowing, uh, where they're just like turn, turn, turn. You know, uh, the pilot has to just is just marshalling, mm -hmm. you know, an army of of. Uh, of people turning cranks. Um, ultimately, uh, where do you see this going? So we began with a beautiful bucolic vision mm -hmm. that Ed had of just, you know, biking around the city without being, without fear of being run over by cars, without having to breathe there, mm -hmm. exhaust. And we've, as is often our want, Mm -hmm. We've increased this to a serfdom of um, <laughs> everything that gets done requires enormous, uh, the linking of enormous numbers of people together to get things done. But let's say it's done. What does, what does now, you're biking down the street, what do you see in well, this world? It's, I mean, it's, uh, we, we've certainly got part of what we wanted. Cities are quieter less yeah. smelly places. Yeah. Um, we have less lead poisoning and asthma. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is all, those are all good things, I think. And we probably know our neighbors a little bit better, um, except that they now have to spend 16 hours a day uh, working a treadmill. Um, right. So we can have our cold soda at the end of the day. So yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So people are very fit. I would, well, a lot of people would be very fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and the medical industry would be, you know, different. It'd be focused more on like pulled ligaments. Well, and we, ankles. we might also have to think differently about our food supply because right now the energy produced by the internal combustion engine comes from petroleum, um, you know, dead dinosaurs. Uh, but now that energy has to come from people, which means yeah. it has to come from the food that the people eat. So, uh, you know, if you're a full-time bicyclist hauling goods, you're probably burning, what, six, 7,000 calories a day. Um, so we're going to have to pay attention to that too. Yeah. And then you pass the Empire State Building and all the other buildings that are just being built by huge armies of people. Um pulling i guess pulling pulleys you know and counter all kinds of counterweights going up it reminds me of um not to keep this so new york centric but uh, when you go in rockefeller center and you see these magnificent murals that were painted on the ceiling um mm -hmm. uh, kind of like uh, they're not D diego rivera had painted something there but i forget who the painter is of this but like you just see this like these images of all these you know huge guys with like uh, they're all holding a sledgehammer and building something gigantic right. um mm -hmm. laying the tracks uh for the inter transcontinental railroad or something like that i feel like that's what you would see actually um everyone's gonna look like the atlas statue just yeah, absolutely that's right. <laughs> that's right that's right that's right and they're all on bikes um 
but then then there is you know the dark side of this we'll just leave it at this, that is that theoretically there are people that are like i was talking about that train the amtrak train that's being you know pulled by a bunch of uh, people cycling together strapped together stacked together but the passengers are like some other class of people you know just riding along and i think um what i'm saying is we might want to rise up against those people that's well of course i mean we probably are I mean, people so my thought process <laughs> is that we, my thought process is that you know us trying to do what we have currently probably wouldn't happen i think if people mm -hmm. are looking at an entire world where all they have is bikes there's probably going to be a lot more of i'm not going to do that yeah okay we'll we'll we could, projects a little differently <laughs> yeah although yeah, we could make yeah. multi-stack amtrak things we probably wouldn't or they'd be you know very rarely used or maybe shipping only as opposed to, to human transportation because uh, the cost of trying to get 20 people just to haul another 40 people is probably not going to be worth it you know that's a great point that's a great point that this 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 apocalyptic vision i just painted was based on a dystopian vision and here you're saying actually no it could be that the freedom uh that people were afraid of that would come about from the bicycle might actually have happened. And, yeah. And even uh, surfs actually worked less than we do now. They had way more holidays and they usually only worked very long days during like harvest times. Uh, because a lot more of, since the industry was cottage based at the time, a lot more of their quote, secondary work was being done inside the home. Um, this is why like women were constantly weaving uh, because they were making all the textiles for their home. Um, and those were also an important secondary source of income for the household was selling those textiles. Uh, so you'd probably get a lot of people who, you know, they bike during the day to transport something. But at night, that's when they make gears or whatever other thing is is part of their secondary industry. Yeah, yeah. Or if they're really clever, mm -hmm. their bike is making something also as they're pedaling. You, you can, can wash your clothes while biking. My friend recently was looking uh, into a, no a bike-powered washing machine. Yeah, because apparently there's like a drum yeah. in the back that like can mm -hmm. wash it, and then like on the way back you can just empty the water out and then just bike back and it'll dry it and spin it. That's yeah. fantastic. I've heard that. Yeah. That's fantastic. That gives me hope for humanity. The 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 washing machine based bicycle. I think uh, there's something there to praise. Um, and global warming is not a problem, I believe. That, or at least much less of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good. So, Ed, thank you. Thank you for that vision. Um, let us know what you did that at all. Ed, did that go the way you expected? <laughs> uh, and those of you who are listening, what what could imagine? Because this is one of those cool kind of gifts that really could go in a million different directions. So what did you what do you imagine? By the way, any of you who are creative, we haven't really done this yet. Maybe I'll start. I'd love to do like a little contest maybe for the artistic minded, you know, send a picture mm -hmm. of uh, an image. A snapshot taken in this world be kind of fun. How do you imagine it? Um, Matt, do you bike around the city? No, not much. I rely on uh, our fine system of trains. Right, right, right. Which again, the subway will be one of the lesser appealing jobs, pulling mm -hmm. the subway through the tunnel. Oh boy, that really would be rough. Yeah. <laughs> so praise Make, every if makes us thankful for something. I'm going to be thankful for electricity and uh, internal combustion for all its ills. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Gabby, do you have anything you want to plug? No. Nope. Uh, other exciting? than just get, get vaccinated if you haven't yet. Uh, and if you're eligible for a booster, get the booster. Like, just, just uh, yeah. be safe. Is the, the booster now is... Who is eligible for the booster? Is that just senior citizens? Uh, it's senior citizens and it's people in uh, high risk jobs. I think sometimes mm -hmm. that might include healthcare workers. Um, yeah. Notably, this is this is for the Pfizer vaccine. It's not really applicable for the Moderna one. Although uh, I should yeah. say, if you've got the Pfizer vaccine, don't all of a sudden freak out. I need a booster. Like I, it's going to be terrible. No, it's just yeah. that the efficacy is waning a little bit, and so they went, "Hey, uh, we've got more vaccine. We should just administer boosters." Yeah, I want my booster. I'm, I'm excited to get the booster whenever it comes around. Although I've learned now, take it, you do it on a day where you get it on a, where you can take a day off afterwards. Cause I've heard that it kind of gives you that same, knocks you out the same way that the, uh, the second shot did. 
Um, but that'd be good. Uh, Matt, anything you would like to plug? Um, yeah, I'm speaking virtually at the National World War One Museum in the evening of October 5th. Um, so you can come join me um, if you'd like to do that. That's super cool. Um, and, and the subject is Einstein. Uh, Einstein's war. Yeah, Einstein's uh, time during the war. Fantastic. Based on your book, Einstein's War, available everywhere. That is um, uh, check it out if you want to learn more about that and learn more about Matt. Um, where is that museum actually? Does it have a it's physical It's in location? Kansas City. <laughs> Kansas City. Interesting. And what, and what was it? Is there something specific to World War I that uh, has to do with Kansas City or that was just? Uh, not to my knowledge. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, thank you all for listening. If you ride a bike, wear a helmet. Um, especially if you're pulling a, a train or lifting um, gigantic I-beams uh, into the sky, helmet would help. But also if you're just casually biking around and washing your clothes. Wear, well, in fact, when washing your clothes, maybe just wear a helmet just to be safe no matter what. Couldn't hurt. It can't hurt. You know, it can't hurt. Can't hurt. Those washing machines, sometimes, they, sometimes things come flying out of them, you know, if you're not careful. So especially the old ones. So, um, Thank you, Gabby. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, listeners. Uh, Whattheif.com is the website. What the If Show on Twitter. There's a whole lot of you there. Join us. Um, follow us on, on Twitter and uh, send us your ideas. Feedback at whattheif.com. Or just uh, contact us via the website. And uh, Gabby, what what is about to happen now? As we're all pedaling, what do we see in the distance that is a bit terrifying? Yeah, I mean, as we are cycling into this alternate uh, reality, essentially, uh, we cannot help but shout the name of the show together uh, as we consider all of the ways in which this will change our society and perhaps usher us into an era of serfdom. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Another if we'll be surfing. What if we could only surf? And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the show is... What? what? The... The... Thank you for listening. Happy cycling. Happy internal combusting for those of you who have chosen that route. We'll see you next week. Bye.